The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. And uh, for some reason, we're having some things on the video end. I apologize for that. I'm going green. <laughs> Um, good to have you guys. Check us out online, sonsoflibertyradio.com, sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch uh, my escapades there with the uh, the green screen, you can do that as well. We're live there, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Scroll down on the right, and you can watch the video portion of the show. That's right. You can see the faces made for radio, and um, you can also catch that video feed on our Twitter account, FPP Tim on Twitter. The Periscope account is Setting Brush Fires. Our Facebook page is Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Beforeitsnews.com, we're there every weekday morning, 6 a.m., Saturdays, 8 a.m., and Bradley is on at 3 p.m., Monday through Saturday. And then uh, finally on DLive.tv, The Sons of Liberty on DLive.tv. You can catch us there. And then also you can catch us at Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty and Sons of Liberty Media. And um, it's, oh, the chat's already starting today, isn't it? Yeah, we got some of those guys in there. Um, We've got a very informative show for you this morning. And again, excuse me, we're going to be bringing, or we've got back on with us, uh, Celeste Salom. She was with us on Tuesday last week to talk with us about the plans the government had in place when she worked in the government um, some years ago, back in the Bush days, Bush 2, and um, some of the things that were going on there. So we'll make sure that uh, we archive that with the show this morning. But uh, I wanted her to come back on because I've been trying to get Dr. Joseph Farrell on because he had written extensively on uh, the Nazis and what happened after World War II that they, in fact, did not lose. They never really you know, gave up as, the his- as history told, uh, teaches us. But rather, many of them came to the United States. Some of them went to, uh, I believe, South America and so I, Celeste has some knowledge about this. She's written extensively on it as well. And she said, hey, I could do that. And so I said, well, let's bring you on um, on the following Tuesday, which is today. And let's let you tell your story um, about what's going on. So with that said, good morning, Celeste. Good morning. It's good to have you back on the show and um, happy that you could join us again this morning. And uh, so some people will say, well, when the Nazis... 
you know, the end of World War II, all was well and good. We had the parades. Um, we had Nuremberg trials. I mean, that resulted in some guys losing their life. Uh, but most people won't understand it's only a handful of guys, what, 10 guys that they hung. And a very small amount, another handful of guys that actually went to prison. Uh, tell us what happened in that. So basically what I'm going to do is share a few things from uh, something near and dear to most of our hearts, and that is food. Um, of course, the Nazis came to America and they went into many different occupations and sectors, but I think that we are seeing um, food uh, control. And so I'm going to go down that rabbit trail today. Just because like the UN last summer said that they wanted to create a system or they were ready to deploy a system that would charge. So you would be buying food at one one thousandth of a calorie and DARPA actually wants to sell you food at um, one, uh, let's see, by the molecule. So um the, these are, it is a Nazi program that you're going to see in just a second. So what I'm going to do is we're going to do a little bit of history because it's really important to understand the situation in the world today um, by looking at history, because those that don't look at history are doomed to repeat it. So we're going to go to the Plum Island uh dedication speech and as you know the plum island was the bio, is the biological warfare center um, for america it's it's off the coast of new york and that's by um, congressional law now they have actually bypassed that law and they are have brought it to manhattan i believe it's manhattan kansas and right into the heart of America. So anyway, going back to the dedication speech by Ezra Taft Benson at 11 o'clock a.m. on September 26, 1956. And it used, the Plum Island used to be a military facility. So he's saying, we meet today on an old fortress. This island today is again an outpost of defense against an enemy more menacing by far than the fleets of 1898. And so I'm going to read a quote from his speech in from the book, uh, let's see, Lab 257. And I and I have a copy of that here. Um, it's a great, great book. Uh, if you like a short read. Um, advanced science applied to the food production would aid America's worldwide struggle of democracy over godless communism. Oh, what a choice words. History is indelibly written that revolution, anarchy, and tyranny are fellow travelers of hunger and malnutrition, says one USDA scientist. Our plans for the future must include an ever-abundant supply of foods if we want to be strong and our nation to endure. And furthermore, they said, science will make the difference in the battle between good and evil. Really? Um, 
so and their crown jewel was of course the plum island biological warfare center and of course i'm having my technical difficulties too it goes with the territory so right now we're being told that we have like this invisible enemy and so this is nothing more it's you know a rehash of all of you know what we've seen in the past so when the nazis came um, in Operation Paperclip, they went into the USDA and they started to go into the research and development and everybody cheered it on and they they predicted a time when brains, and I'm not talking human brains, I'm talking artificial intelligence, will replace the brawn in American agriculture and industry. And that is exactly what we're seeing with the pathogen du jour and the real um, shutdown and lack of food supply. If you've gone to the grocery store and you don't have access to the foods that you used to have, that is because there was this global disruption by the pathogen and many people had to be imprisoned in their house. And basically what they are doing is transitioning to robotics because humans are no longer safe to work in slaughterhouses and processing foods and really agriculture as a whole. So we're gonna replace it with robotics, automation, that type of thing. So man will direct power rather than supply it. That's the line that they sold the American people. But really, um, Americans were and humans were going to be out of the loop. And pretty soon, artificial intelligence will be running the whole show, um, doing everything from growing your tomatoes to doing surgery, if God forbid you need uh, surgery. So basically, the there's this incestuous link between the Nazis um, and depopulation. And so we got to ask the question, is the fox guarding the hen house and specifically the US um, hen house? And so rarely do people think about where their food comes from. Maybe that's with a pathogen that's changing. Um, and I did some Freedom of Inf Information Act uh, requests. And one of the agriculture departments in an internal memorandum said that uh, they were the, the truth, T-R-U-T-H capitalized, and people that oppose this coming Nazi uh, plan that we see unfolding before us right now um, were, were the terrorists. And well, yeah, that's, so, that would be the thing. Now, let me make sure I understood you right. You, you talked about the things that are going on right now, the stuff that we see mm -hmm. happening um, with, uh, with the so-called virus, <laughs> the scamdemic that we're going through. You're saying that is playing right into the plans that they have to bring about these kinds of things because I guess they're getting people scared. You don't want to work in the meat plant uh, packing plant and stuff. You don't want to go here. You don't want to go there. You don't want to, you want them to do all that. Then the obvious question that people ha would have to ask is then what are people going to do? So people are going to be um, surplused population. And there's a great book. If you want to know how um, 
this is a book by Richard Rubenstein, uh, Fear and Hope in an Overcrowded World. And there's also Triage. He wrote a book about triage. And then there is um, Edwin Black, uh, War Against the Weak. And guess what? Forest Exit. What is that? That's depopulation. And it's so that's what the agenda is right now, is we have started the depopulation mechanism. Of course, most of the viewers and listeners are familiar with the Georgia Guidestones and the Deagle Report. And so that is in high gear. Um, they want this all wrapped up, the UN, by 2030, which means we only have nine and a half years left. So that's a lot of people they have to get rid of. And so we're in the middle of that process. And I just um, released a article yesterday that's going viral. And it's a video and an article, actually, um, that the beast is here. Um, a lot of people, if you follow the Bible, have wondered when is the beast going to come on the scene? Well, the beast is here. And so this is going to be, we, we are in prophetic times, folks. Okay. All right. So one of the things I want to ask you is, um, because some people may not be familiar with Operation Paperclip. Some are. A lot of people in the chat room are very much, I'm watching some of the, the, the comments there. I think they're very appreciative of the information you're giving. How did that take place? I mean, again, I started off, I said, well, we had the Nuremberg trials. A lot of people were indoctrinated, uh, like I was, in public school systems. And we were told, okay, this is where real justice happened. Uh, we've got photos, and it's, it's kind of interesting when you read the account here. We got photos of Nazis who had been hung, or they said they were hung. And immediately, it was very cleverly done that they were cremated. So we don't... We don't know any of that stuff. They've been pulling stuff out of the wool of our eyes for, for years. So that happens. This is a handful of people in a, in a myriad of, of, of Nazis. And now we have this thing called Operation Paperclip, and this involves the Bush family. Um, let people know a little bit about what went on there and what struck that up so that these people got here. They, I think some of them went to South America um, in Argentina and stuff like that. What brought that about, and how did that come about so that these things could could come here to America? Okay, so basically, one of the premises of socialism is this public-private partnership, which is the marriage of the government and private industry. So the Nazis were big into that. Um, you could see that with, if you've watched Schindler, Schindler's List and different things, so basically, America had a lot of investment in German businesses. They had a very cozy relationship. And so they just decided when um, the fur was flying over in Germany uh, to bring some of those folks over. You know, of course, America wants the edge. It still wants the edge um, of global domination, really. Quite frankly, it's embarrassing. But it's true. And so they brought these scientists. They went into th places like NASA. They went into the USDA. They went into government. They went into research and development, um, DARPA, that type of thing. And they set up camp. And that's, that's how they got here. And then slowly but surely, America went and merged or morphed or shapeshift, whatever you want to say, from a republic 
into what we're seeing right now, March 13th, 2020, um, when President Trump had all the CEOs standing up there. He was doing a conference on the pathogen. And he's he's saying, um, you know, all we're working together, government and private industry. And so to me, March 13th was very alarming because that he was almost remember when Obama bowed before this leader and that leader. Uh, President Trump by by this on this particular day, March 13th, uh, which was Friday the 13th, by the way. And, you know, the propensity for occultic and numbers and that type of thing. He was declaring to the United Nations that we are a socialist country. Our constitution has been suspended by the, an emergency clause and um, we have joined this global social order. And I mean, to me, it was very alarming. Well, it it is for me too, and uh, this is why I've said uh, the people don't believe it, but we're we're witnessing fascism. That's what that's what this is, and and people don't want to see it because he's saying what they want to hear. But if you read between the lines and you watch what he does, you really watch what not what the media tells you. Watch what he does, you'll see something very different. And uh, so, with that said. So with the Bushes, how are, how was how was uh, Prescott bringing all of these guys over? How was he getting them these Nazis? How was he getting them over into the U.S.? It wasn't difficult, you know. They were turning away Jewish people during World War II, but the Nazis, you know, like I said, they had a cozy relationship. These were um, wealthy people. They they could give America the edge that America wanted. And so they just brought him in. I mean, it was like for right now, quite frankly, nothing's changed Um, in Idaho, uh, the state of Idaho. If a Chinese family wants to come to America, all they have to do is put $500,000 into a bank. They are given a house. Their children are given an education. They do not have to pay taxes for 10 years. And basically, they've we've rolled out the red carpet. Oh, and they're given citizenship, them and their family and their extended family. So nothing's changed. Uh, This began in World War II uh, with the Nazis coming over to America. Yeah, and if people don't believe that that you go, well, where's Chinese families going to get $500,000? Well, their government's going to do it because many of them are happy to plant their people here on our soil. Uh, And I was just reading some some things here recently uh, doing some some research for something and that is that you know most people have forgotten during the obama days we were having chinese soldiers here that we were training them which is the absolute stupidest thing i can think that you can do we were doing it with russians we were doing it with saudis we were doing it with all these kind of people and it's like what are you doing oh we're trying to win hearts and minds no you're not that doesn't make any sense i don't know of any country in history who's done something so stupid in all my life so they're bringing the people over. They're bringing the Nazis over. Now, one of the things you, you talked about was about the food. But what about the medical industry? Because they took part in that, too, because they brought a lot of the scientists over there who had been doing experiments. Tell us a little bit about what was going on with that as well. So basically, a, a lot of people like the Dr. Mengele's, maybe not Dr. Mengele himself, but others like him, uh, went into research and development 
And so right now we have this socialist um, healthcare system, which many of you probably know as Obamacare or the Health Whatever Portability Act, whatever. Um, basically, that is a socialist healthcare um, system. It is dictated by the United Nations. It's under the auspices of a program called One Health. And um, it's now you're seeing it being called um, precision medicine, and it will be based upon your blood. And the only treatment you're going to have very soon is, um, is based upon your blood. If you don't make a sacrificial offering to the quantum computer, um, you are not going to get medical treatment and it's going to, and medical treatment is going to be frequency based. Um, they are going to eliminate medications and over the counter medications and, and many people are going to die. They have already, you probably know people yourself that have been pulled off very critical medications and some medications, for instance, I only take one medication it costs one penny to make for three months. And the last time that I went to go get it, it was $500 that I had to pay out of cash or out of my pocket. Now, it, so that is making it um, cost prohibitive because I'm on a fixed income. You know, I'm a widow, I'm older. And so this is all by design. And if you can't, you know, the first thing that you're going to do is have shelter, or you're going to have food, you're going to have water, and medications become discretionary and medical treatment. And this is all by design for the depopulation. Yeah, it's been said that um, when when we get into voting, we always have the people who come in here want to, you know, put you on their favorite uh, political athlete, if you will. And um, one of the things that they don't understand is basically the two-party system now has set us up fascism against communism. That's really what we're what we're facing. That's what you're voting for, folks. This is why when I ask a question like, well, um, who would you vote for, Stalin or Hitler? And people look and go, that's ridiculous. Well, that's basically kind of what we're getting at. It's the same ideology um, of what people are faced with here in the States. <clears throat> and I guess that depends on whoever at the particular point is in power as, as to what you're getting, communism or fascism. Uh, but we are, we are faced with that. What's some of the other things that happened, Celeste? Who were some of the people involved? And it wasn't just the U.S. There were other places these guys were going. Where, where else were they going and what were they doing there? Well, you know, of course they got their meat hooks into the United Nations. And then the United Nations gives all these guidelines, framework from everything from climate to health, to um, planetary management. Um, so they are deeply entrenched in the United Nations, of course, the United States, um, not so much in Russia and China, although Russia and China have a relationship with them, they will be tools, they'll be used, uh, but they were not infiltrated like the United States. We you know, we're kind of stupid in America. I mean, no other country in the world allows foreign people to own land, businesses, that type of thing. And we just said, hey, come on, come one, come all. This is, we're a melting pot. Just come in here and 
Uh, you can set up shop and do whatever you darn well want. And so now the the chickens have come home to roost, so to speak, and we are netting what what we sowed. No, I agree. I agree. We we are. Uh, you were talking about uh, owning land and stuff. Many people don't realize there are small communities of Chinese. And look, I'm not picking on Chinese people, but people have to understand China is completely different than America in the fact that they are communists in, in the fullest sense. If you if there's a business there, the Chinese own that. Um, they are in control of that. And so all of the money for, that's from manufacturing, and, and I've got uh, friends that I do some work with as far as um, knife making and stuff. Those guys, all of that money goes right in there. They talk about the people stealing the patents from Americans uh, or from other people throughout the world, making their own patents in China and making knockoffs. This is this is what we get sold here. Um, why we continue to have any trade with these people who steal our people's stuff is just beyond me. Uh, but we're doing it anyway. And I guess it's because we get cheap goods that we have to buy every so many months. <laughs> I don't know because they break. Uh, but in any case... Um, we, we're finding Chinese setting up entire villages, for lack of a better term, communities, uh, just like we do. We see uh, those from the Middle East coming. They set up entire, they start colonizing here in America. And it's just the most ridiculous thing. Now, we've allowed this with uh, with the Nazis, too. This has been going on for, what, 70, 80 years now uh, that this has been taking place. And apparently there are so many people who don't even believe that. They don't even, maybe some people listening are saying, are you guys some conspiracy kooks out there and this and I've never heard of this. I don't know. I'm sure there are people like that. Um, there's an obvious reason they're not telling people, right? Yeah, I, there is another book. I, you know, I really am a bookworm and you, we got to learn from history. So Amen. Um, this is a great book. This is a document by year the um nazi uh what transpired and what is interesting about this book i've had it for many many years and i discovered back in the 1990s that america was passing the same laws with the same names as the Nazi, the Nazis on the same date. Isn't that, that is beyond coincidence that America would be passing same bill, same name, same date in America, the United States of America. And one of those bills was the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, among many others. So the Nazis, this, that was a Nazi bill. And it passed our House, it passed our Senate, it went into law, and it's re-upped every year. And there were many, many others. And this this book, The Holocaust Chronicles, it's a great reference book uh, um, if you're concerned about Nazism in America, because it walks you through every single year by month. It's very easy to follow. It has a lot of pictures. And you can see the integration of the Nazis into America and that the plan was to have seeds of Nazism and just like a farmer plant seeds, not this, the Nazism in Germany was an experiment 
to see if it could go global. They worked out the bugs in it. Um, then the UN exported it to uh, the United States. And now we're seeing it around the world. And like many people say, we're not going back to normal. We are under global fascism now. And we have to deal with that reality. And we have to look to the to the past to see, you know, how can we oppose it both personally, I think that the battlefield is actually going to be at a personal level. I don't hold out much hope that we're going to be able to do it in the political system the way that it is, because it's already down the river. It's already a done deal, like you said. Um, so uh, when I worked where I worked, what I saw, so I did <clears throat> was working during the Clinton years, the Bush years, and actually even the Obama years. And what I saw was the only difference really was it was either going to be in your face, the decisions that were being made, or it was going to be behind closed doors. That was the only difference. Yeah, no, this is what this is what I've tried to communicate to people that what we're facing with is we're facing with people who have their mask off or we're, we're faced with people who are impotent and doing what they say they'll do. So you, you, you put it there, they're soft, they'll soft pedal it rather than just come out and, and say it. So it was a good way to put it. Now there's a, there's a lot that comes to mind when you talk about the bills that came in, uh, that have come in and I'm not familiar with the book, so I'm going to have to get the book there. But one of the things that I noticed early on was even before, uh, World War II, America was already following some of the German principles with regard to guns. Um, our, you know, some of our first um, violations of the Constitution versus, uh, concerning the Second Amendment came as a result of German-style legislation that came in to attack our firearms. Uh, that has continuously moved forward, and of course, that's a communist goal too. And the funny thing is, is that uh, you know we were we we've been pitched the thing that uh, Hitler was the nationalist, right? And he was the one who was going to protect Germany from the communists. <laughs> and really, they basically have this, well, they have the same daddy. They have the devil as their daddy. That's one of the things. But, uh, but, they, but they come together and they're really focused a lot on the same thing. They're, they're, I mean, it really ties into Marxism in any way. So how do you, how do you see that with the, with the Nazi influence uh, after the war in America with regard to firearms? So it it's a it was a slow process. I you know we back at the end of World War II, you know it was not World War II was not fought on our soil. So Americans kind of felt like you know we were lived in this idealistic world where our goal was um, a little house, a white picket fence, um, a chicken in every pot. And doing, you know, I remember as a youth uh, collecting money for UNICEF for the, you know, the, the, the poor children, you know, at a global, at a global scale. And to answer your question, so I think we were really naive about the infiltration of Nazi ideology. I remember my grandmother, of course, her family was from the old country and they came over so she, it was my great grandparents came over to this country 
And my grandmother would always say, vote Democrat because they're always for the people. Um, and she would tell me about her father going back and forth between America and the old country, which was Germany and actually Estonia and Lithuania and um, with Rockefeller. And Rockefeller would give my great grandfather all these advice. Well, now Rockefeller, I mean, you don't even want to go there. They're barcoding all the life and um, all this electronic uh, identification of everybody. It, you know, it stems um, as a seed from Nazism. And so, of course, firearms were not. They wanted to unarm the people because an unarmed people are easy, easily conquered. Although these days, I mean, it's almost a non-issue because people are not critically thinking. Basically, we've been chemically lobotomized so that we are only using our primitive brain stem. Like Mike, the headless chicken, look it up on YouTube. This chicken lived for two years with no head. It with they they chopped off the head for Sunday dinner, and the chicken lived. And it went into the circus. It went on road shows. But that's what's happened to the American people um, with all these chemicals, eating crappy food. Sorry about that, but it's the truth. And um, that's all by design. So we've been chemically lobotomized. We don't think. Um, we want to, and we don't want to cause waves. So we say, okay, I'll give up my firearms. Um, and we think that we're safe in America, that it will never come to our shores. There will never have an army, an invader. I would, um, I would propose to you that we've already been invaded and conquered without a shot without a shot. Well, this is what Khrushchev uh, said, that uh, we would be conquered without a shot. And and I see exactly what you're, we have an abundance. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, when the people have an abundance, they forget God. Uh, they live lavishly. Mm -hmm. They do all these kinds of things. This was part of Sodom and Gomorrah too, as well as the, the sodomy. They, they look for, they become bored. They look for things to entertain themselves, uh, how they can indulge themselves. And that's what we become. And instead of remembering God, this is something we talk about when we talk about educating our kids. Yeah. You know, God tells us in Deuteronomy 6, he says, you teach them the things I've commanded you. They're to be in your heart first. You're to teach them to your kids so that when you come into the land where all of these good things are that I, I gave you, you don't forget me. Because if you forget me, what happens? I'm going to forget you and your children. And I think that we're right. At, we're on the verge of all of that. I mean, I, I think that we've seen that in the display of some of our some of our young people. And there are still a lot of uh, young people who give me great encouragement uh, when I see them take a stand and do the things they do. But you're right. This is why we have Kate on on uh, Saturdays is to talk about uh, taking care of our bodies and uh, getting you know getting us out of the mindset of what we eat now. You know, the junk food and stuff like that, and the things that we take and all. Let me let me go back to this issue of what we're faced with right now, uh, because we're seeing certain states that had pulled back from their unlawful lockdowns, uh, and they're saying, oh, we have more cases now. Well, yeah, you got more cases of people with whatever this thing is that you haven't even separated out, and your own documents say that. You, you've got more cases of this COVID, um, which I, th I think is just a load of bull. I, I just think it is. Um, <clears throat> and you've got more cases because you're doing more testing, but that doesn't mean any anybody's dying anymore. It doesn't mean anybody's actually really sick or anything any more than any other. So they're starting to put these lockdowns back in place. 
What is the thing to drive this that you can see from your perspective and what you know? How are how is Nazism involved in that? Because you said this is a part of the plan, and I know it's a part. We had Debbie Bakajalupi on to talk about it. It's, it's definitely a part of Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. Um, how how do you see this playing into something that uh, has the Nazi ideals in it? So basically, if you go to the World Economic Forum um, at Davos 2020, at the top menu, you'll see the word platforms. You want to click on the word platforms. It will take you to 18 different platforms and with COVID. Oops, I mentioned the pathogen. <clears throat> and um, as the mechanism to disrupt the whole world and to inject the venom of Nazism around the world. It does not matter what country, we're all just one big happy family. We're supposed to buy into the Earth Charter, the UN Sustainable Millennial Goals, you know, without question. And they don't want people to question, they don't want people to think about it. And so that's basically what is happening is that they use the pathogen. Now, I think it's really important to understand what this pathogen is so that you know how to take a stand against it. I, I am getting thousands of scientific peer documents flooding in the last week that indicate that it is not a virus. It is not a virus. It is a nanoparticle that is part um, biological and part synthetic robotic. And so basically little tiny, the nanoparticles are not like dust. They're actually part robotic, um, part biological, and they come and they infiltrate every part of your body. Now, each one of these particles has a mission and a payload. That payload can be a spirit, a demon. It can be chemical. It can be a virus. It can be a bacteria. It can be a fungus. Um, it can be an explosive. You can blow it. They have the capability of blowing up your body. And so basically what was deployed was one, it, it got these nanoparticles so um, got a order that they were supposed to deploy coronavirus. The next time it could be HIV, it could be MERS, it could be SARS. How are you even going to do a vaccine against that when it can shapeshift, um, it, it's constantly changing, um, it, it is... It takes orders from the command center and the command center. I mean, that's part of the confusion. Is it nanoparticle? Is it biological? Is it robotic? Um, so I would propose to you that this was one of the Nazi scientific and research things that has come to fruition. These little tiny nanoparticles that have this hollow inside that can carry and deploy whatever they are ordered to do. And this can be down to an individual person can be targeted, your specific organs, like, for instance, they can target your heart, they can do your kidneys. It could be whole swaths of ethnic, 
ethnicity, ethnic, ethnic groups. Um, it could be born again Christians. Um, it could, you know, they've got it scalable. It can go up to half the population, three quarters of the world, um, and kill them. Or it can go down to just uh, scale it down to one person, or and or just one organ or cell in your body. Um, it's a really frightening and scary technology that has been unleashed upon the globe. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is, is this, and a lot of people say, oh, we just need to get rid of technology. Well, here's the thing, folks, you know, the, the, even the technology is to be used for the glory of God. The Apostle Paul said, whether we eat or drink, we're to do all for the glory of God. And so if you have a technology that you could use to actually help people, that's a good thing. The problem is the wickedness of man. I mean, that's what we haven't dealt with, and only the gospel will change that. Uh, obviously bringing justice to those who commit crimes, but the gospel changes the heart. Uh, you have to change the heart, <clears throat> and that's something man can't do. And so that's why God gave us the gospel, where to preach the gospel to all creatures and leave the results up to him. Now, one of the things that you're talking about with the nanotechnology, and boy, we're, we're probably going to get kicked off of YouTube because we're using all the keywords today. And that's fine uh, because we're on all kinds of other platforms where it'll be there, and it's going to be archived at the website as well. So, you know, YouTube, do your worst. That's fine. Uh, but there was a lady by the name of Dana Ashley, she did an interview with a doctor. I think he was out on the West Coast, and they talked about uh, HARP, H-A-A-R-P, and this big setup that they have that they can actually control some of these nanoparticles, uh, these nanotechnologies. And basically, it was, it was very interesting to me because they had some under the microscope. You could see them moving. They looked like little balls of hair or something is what they looked like. But the thing that was interesting to me was how they said it got into your body. Because you breathe them in, and then they get in your lungs, and you cough, and it gets in your phlegm, whatever the case is, your mucus here, and then you swallow it, and then it gets activated in stomach acid. That was the most, that was the most incredible thing I'd, I'd ever heard, and uh, most people say, well, that's kind of, but when you start thinking about all the stuff they spray in the air, um, along with all the stuff you eat and everything else, and then... Uh, you're you're dealing with what we're hearing and how stuff they say. Oh, this is passed this way, which I don't I don't buy any of it. Um, you you start to wonder what are they doing? This is this is such a control mechanism because if you get out of line, it's kind of like the old um, shows. I was trying to think of the one where the guy you were talking about blowing up the body, where they had the collars around their neck, and if they step outside the perimeter, then they they just kill them. Um, so it, it sounds to me like that's exactly what you're talking about. How long has this technology been around? Well, DARP has been working on it for a long time. I would propose since World War II. Um, it, the, it was game on, and they were delving deep into these programs. I've been covering it myself for 20 years more than 20 years so when the internet first came on and the average person had a computer i went to the un's uh, convention on biological diversity and basically in that i mean this is like the the internet was just like fresh off the press basically i mean you know the government had it but the average person didn't and they're on the page and i do have a hard copy somewhere in my in my stacks, um, that they were going to deploy genetically modified organisms into all the forests. 
um, because they knew that one, they knew that this food supply crisis was going to happen. It was part of their plan. And they did not want people running to the forest like they did in World War II, um, if you've seen the movie Defiance. And they actually had thriving communities in the forest and they were able to survive the tyranny that was ha happening around them. And they didn't want that. So now, um, these genetically modified organisms um, have been deployed in the forests. And actually last year, locally at the local ecological center, um, they said that basically hunt at your own risk because the um, chronic wasting disease, which is a terrible way to go. There's the animal version, there's a human version, basically it if you hunt and you can't tell, it's a slow process. So you don't know if the animal that you're getting um, is infected or not. It also infects fish and it eats away your brain and puts big holes in it. It's a lot like Alzheimer's. It's slow, it's agonizing. And basically, so they infected the animals. They don't really care. The Nazi ideology and philosophy was anti-life. Um, anti-plant, anti-animal, and most certainly anti-human. That's just incredible. You have to wonder, though, I mean, how did they escape that? Are they having little protect, do they have their own little Noah's Ark somewhere, and that's what they're doing? They're protecting that stuff, but everybody else, well, we just don't care about you. We're going to get rid of you. I mean, to me, it's got to be demonic because there's no rationale or logic to it at all. Uh, as to what things, once you achieve wiping out, I don't know, billions of people, how do you think you're going to sustain all of that? that? That's the thing that gets me. How Who's going to be doing the work? Who, I mean, I, you, we talked about robotics at first, but who's going to be doing the work? Who's going to be, um, who's going to take care of the robots when they break? You know, it's this kind of thing. It's like, it's illogical to me. I, I don't really, I don't get the mentality there. So I can't remember if we talked about the synths on the last pro program, but sanctuary.ai. I mean, you can go there. I did kept, catch them once and I um, and shepherdsheart.life. Um, I screenshotted while I had an opportunity, but basically they are creating robots that are identical to humans. And quite frankly, um, we are entering a time that you will not be able to distinguish between a human and a synthetic um, robot uh, because they're part biological. It's called SynBio, and it, it's scalable. Like I said, it's at the nano level, but it's also these synths. And th those are the ones that are going to be doing the work. And those synths are being trained right now to be human-like. So that we've got this weird paradox going on right now where the robots are being trained how to be, are taught um, things that, that humans should be taught, how to be compassionate, how to be generous, this type of thing. All the while, while humans were being told you're just a dirty human, kind of like back in the Nazis, um, uh, were being masked. Um, our voices are being muffled, our chemical lobotomized, we can't um, think, we can't rationally 
uh, we are triggered by words or an image into a certain behavior that they want us to behave like. So all so robotics, and I hate to say it, or since are becoming more human and humans are being dehumanized. And that's because we are giving up um, voluntarily just uh, like Esau um, for a when he gave up his his inheritance, his divine right, we are giving up being created in the divine image. And there's a cost for that. And we're going to be paying a heavy cost because the chickens have come home to roost and we are in the prophetic end times. And so the, the prophecies of the Bible are coming to pass before our very eyes. Yeah, I think that there are there are issues here that we we're just scratching the surface here. We've given some history. We've given a couple of things. I mean, the tentacles of this stuff run pretty deep. And I, you know, we encourage people and I know you're the same way. We don't want people to just say, oh, well, I know everything now. We want you to go do your own homework. Um, so we're going to have some of these books that um, that you've made mention of. We're going to have those in the archive as well uh, today because we want people to know what you're up against. The Bible clearly tells us, and somebody just made mention, Matthew did, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Thank you, Matt, for that. That That is who our, who our enemy is. The sad reality, though, is sometimes that enemy puts on a face, and you can name him. <laughs> um, it, you know, and, and we have to deal with those people, too. And we've allowed it so long that we have a huge enemy before us. Now, that doesn't mean that God can't deal with the enemy. Uh, if he can deal with the armies, uh, uh, the enemies of Israel, if he can deal with the giant that stood before David, he can do that. So I don't want to leave people in despair. I, that is the last thing I want to do. My Bible tells me, 1 Corinthians 15 tells me, that Christ is subduing all of his enemies. All of them. Every one of them. And that means the enemies that we have. He's subduing them. And he's going to do so till the last day. And then once that's done... Then he's going to offer up the kingdom to his father, and and we're going to be able to enjoy that. But we've got to we've got to play the man or play the woman now, and we've got to we've got to do our part. and And part of that is exposing the darkness. This is Ephesians five. We got to expose the works of darkness. This is one of them, or it has many it has many faces on it uh, that we're exposing here. And Celeste, I'm glad that you you came on today. We've got just a couple of minutes here. Um, What's some closing thoughts you have that might uh, strike a chord with people as far as what we're talking about, the Nazis coming here, especially coming here to the United States, and things they can be on the lookout for as far as uh, what you see happening in the coming days? So as uh, we hear the news that the coronavirus, the second wave is coming or here, um, we're going to notice lockdowns. We, You are going to be faced with getting tested vaccinated and this hydrogel quantum dot sensor um, injected into your body. I just found out last week that the test um, does inject the quantum dot hydrogel into your body, which is um, a sensor. It reports back to public health. So everybody needs to like be aware of that. You need to say no. It is basically just we are a hair from the mark. And if you take any one of these, you are in peril because basically it is taking the DNA of Lucifer, Satan, um, the enemy, and injecting it and then changing your DNA. Now, 
and the Bible gives you three ways to overcome um, the blood of the lamb. And so you were a new creation every single day when you were in Jesus Christ. That's the only way that I can see we can fight these nanos really is being in Jesus Christ, who is a great filter. He just takes and covers it over as if it, we never had it. Um, so there's great power in that. The word of his testimony in our life, and we need to be practicing that testimony. And part of that testimony is saying no to things that are unbiblical. And one of those things is the mask, which is associated with adultery, wickedness, and lawlessness. When you accept that mask, you are saying, I'm an adulterer. I believe in wickedness. I'm submitting to lawlessness. And then also, <clears throat> we need to be just saying no to this censor, because this censor is basically you are you are submitting your DNA, your blood to the quantum computer, to this heart of Satan. And we can, you can't serve two masters. Uh, we can't be so fearful of our lives that uh, we give this sacrifice. Um, it's almost like sacrificing children to Moloch. Um, we have got to just be faithful to Jesus Christ and and take our, our lumps, you know, and our consequences. But in the end, we will have eternal life with him. And that is the good news. Amen. Amen. And we could get on a lot of things. David had jumped into the chat and said the Frankfurt School of Critical Theory came with the Nazis. Uh, we also have seen the increase of abortion. I mean, all of that's tied in there. We could have went a long ways with that. But these are just some of the things that have come over um, with the Nazis over the past, what, 70, 80 years that we talked about before. So let's, before we go, um, I want you to tell people where they can find out more about you, where they can read uh, some of your writings. you got about 50 seconds here. Go. Okay, so um, I have a blog at shepherdsheart.life, and you got to check out that The Beast is Here that I just published yesterday. And you can go to Diamond Disc. That's where my YouTubes are. I do those quite a few each week. And also you can support my work at Shepherd's Heart Farm um, on patreon.com. And um, that way I give you behind the scenes. We have a Q&A um, when you have one-on-one -on -one with me. Um, I do phone calls, that type of thing. So people can join me on my community. All right. Well, we appreciate your time both last week and this week, and we'll we'll get we'll get back with you and have you back on the show again if you'll come back on, and we'll pick up another another subject and we'll bring that to the people. I, lots of people tuned in today. Thank you guys for joining us, Celeste. Thank you. You guys, be sure to check our website out, shepherdsheart.life. We'll have that in the link of the archives as well. Twenty three hours, rotten to the core Wednesday with Lynn Taylor. See ya.